You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Welcome to Sports ASA. It's 2023. We are in a new brand, a new year. My name's Paul Bonzer. Alongside me is former Geelong, former Sydney Swan, Premiership player with the Eagles, Daniel Menzel. Men's welcome to Sports Day once again. Bonzer, it's great to be here in 2023. There is plenty happening. There was plenty happening over the last week when we were obviously not on air. So plenty to talk about. Really looking forward to tonight's show. And we've got new friends joining us for the first time. Uh, on Cruise 1323. Welcome to everyone on Cruise. And we'll be with you every night, 6pm, and uh, coming right through. And now, normally, in these two seats, David Wildy and Malcolm Blight. And we're going to speak to Malcolm Blight later in the show. And I'll be running all through the winter. So, hope you can stay with us and enjoy the show. We're going to be talking some sport. But you can be part of the show as well. You can discover exceptional customer service with Weeks Home. Discover different. You can phone in on 1300 736 736. Or text in on 0427-154-166. That's 0427-154-166. How was your Christmas break and New Year's, Mens? Yeah, it was good, Bonds. It was uh, a little bit more low-key, which I uh, probably needed, to be honest. We moved house just recently, so it's uh, a lot of just sorting things out, unpacking boxes. Um, so... A lot of actually was able to sit down and watch some sport too, which was which was good. So how about yourself? Yeah, very yeah, very similar, very very casual. I did go and invest in some new golf clubs, so we, we might have to go out and uh, test that. And I might have mentioned to the wife that they might have been a bit cheaper than what they actually were, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. All right, let's get on to our hot topic uh, for Repco Authorized Service Centre. You can rely on your local Repco Authorized Service Centre for expert car service. Book online at repcoservice.com. Uh, the biggest story of the day, which is a bit of a sad one, it comes from the NFL, and the Buffalo Bills were playing the Cincinnati Bengals, and uh, basically everyone in the stadium and the players were shocked as Damar Hamlin, a second-year player with the Bills, collapsed after making a play. It did look ugly. It uh, wasn't a great sight, was it, Dan? No, it wasn't. It was a really scary moment in the Bills and Bengals game. There was just over six minutes remaining in the first quarter in the game, and Hamlin tackled wide receiver T. Higgins, uh, and and all of a sudden got up and collapsed. It was uh, you'd never want to see this on the field anywhere, and it absolutely um, was shattering to see. Yeah, I, I, I tuned in to watch the game, and all of a sudden, when I tuned in, the event had already happened, and were, the game was just paused and then eventually it was postponed but let's just have a little bit of a listen to former Bills player Coy Wire and you might get an indication as to I guess the feeling around this never seen a response from a hit like that didn't seem to be any direct hit to the head or neck area he, his head didn't even look like it got jostled all that much um so I can't assume what type of injury this might be. Um, 
I'm worked up right now. I feel a lot of flashbacks. You know, I had multiple concussions in my nine years in the NFL where I didn't remember anything sometimes till the next day. Mm. Um, I also have a titanium plate and four screws in my neck from my time with the Buffalo Bills. But I think more than that, I was on the field two other times when other players were seriously hurt. One time when I was in college playing for Stanford, we were playing against the Washington Huskies and their safety came up to make a hit, much like DeMar. And um, he got paralyzed from the waist down. And then when I played for the Buffalo Bills, my teammate, Kevin Everett, we were covering a kickoff together and uh, he got paralyzed. So seeing those scenes, you know, kind of brings that back. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to keep my composure for you because I think it's important that we send prayers, think about DeMar, think about his family. I'm so proud that the NFL has suspended the game. Um, because cool. I think maybe 10 years ago that might not have happened, Anderson. But yeah. what, with what we know, this, the importance placed on player safety nowadays, um, they stopped the game. I think that's progress. You can just hear the raw emotion there it, it, to what it means. And, and you can see on the telecast as well this afternoon, it, it's just gut-wrenching. It is. It's gut-wrenching and it's scary because the incident wasn't a helmet-to-helmet play. It wasn't uh, something where there was an obvious concussion. There was something at play. CTE has been talked about a lot uh, in the NFL. And so he, he actually got up and then collapsed. And so there's been talk about was there a chance to not postpone the game but actually continue it and, and that was never a thought. And uh, the NFL came out and said that would be insensitive to do, which is correct. So it's uh, it's a scary thing for the Bills and for the Bengals players who are on the field because that will have an impact on them going forward. They have another game coming up next week before the playoffs. So it's uh, there's still not a heap of information about Demar Hamlin, who we're talking about. He's 24 years of age and had a cardiac arrest uh, during the first quarter of this game. So. Hopefully, uh, everything's going to be okay there. The Bills players will obviously get around him, and we just hope that this isn't as serious as it looks. Yeah, so all the best to, uh, you know, obviously, our thoughts go out to their family, and, and just a tragic event in world sport, and we just wanted to touch on that um, before we need, we, I guess, off the top of the show, we just needed to mention it, didn't we? Yeah, we did, and uh, and it's, it's a standalone game as well in America, the... Tuesday game, which is a Monday night football game. It's one of the most watched games in America on TV every single week. So it's not like there's other games happening and it might have got missed by some. Everyone would have been tuning in. Every NFL player would have seen this. So it definitely will have an impact in the NFL. All right, let's go across to cricket. Cricket Australia have signed a new broadcast rights deal with Foxtel and Channel 7 worth $1.5 billion. It's not a bad little uh, payout. Yeah, it is. It's uh, Your over, thoughts? It's over eight years, 2024 to 2031. It runs for and uh, with Fox and then with seven. It's Look, it's good to see for everyone involved. Uh, it's also good to see for just the fans of the game because seven will continue, Fox will continue. There was concerns with everything with streaming nowadays that it might be very much a service that is – uh, behind the paywall and people have to pay for it. It's not on free to air, but it's good to see that Seven is still involved. And they're going to get a lot of uh, Big Bash games. They're going to have 33 Big Bash games a year. The Big Bash will be down to 43, so it's currently at 61. So they're reducing it by 18, which 
think anyone who follows the Big Bash would agree it's probably too much at the moment. At the moment, the saturation of it is why it's probably not having the same impact that it has in the past. So I think that's why they've pulled it back to 43. Now, the challenge that they would have had with this, and I knew they would have with this, is the broadcast deal. Broadcasters want more games. It means more advertising, more marketing, more money. So it is good to see that they've struck such a successful deal for everyone involved, and there's going to be a really good balance of test matches and big bash games. Well, I think part of that was Channel 7 weren't that keen on the big bash because it wasn't rating well when they initially took it on and I think there's been a bit of a resurgence in the in the Big Bash this year and I a lot of people came out at the end of last year and said that it's too long the tournament's too long we need to cut it back they're doing that that means the likes of the international players and the likes of Chris Lynn who's playing for the strikers who's only got one more game for the strikers before he heads overseas to earn some more money but they'll stick around for the whole tournament so they'll be able to play finals and, and you'll keep Rashid Khan as well, who go, also goes off to another tournament overseas. Yeah, it's a great couple of points you make there, Bonds. On the first point you talk about in terms of Channel 7 not being that keen, the fact that the Strikers game was not on Channel 7 free-to-air, the New Year's Eve clash, which has been the absolute highlights package the last eight seasons, uh is incredible and it probably explains where this has been at and and what has to be done and so to reduce the amount of games and to see that 33 of the 43 will be on channel 7 on free to air i guarantee the new year's eve clash will be on channel 7 in the future so that first part is really important and the second part you make which is also extremely crucial to this which uh, your casual supporter might not be aware of is your imports you will now be able to have for the whole tournament a duration which is what you want to see because I know as a Strikers fan, and I know many other fans out there that watch their team play, they'll have someone like Chris Lynn for majority of the tournament, and then with three games to go, he goes off to Dubai, and you go, how are we going to win the finals now? He's our leading run scorer. He's our import who is uh, making the most runs effectively. Rashid Khan, you lose them going into finals. It changes the dynamic of the team. So I think that this is going to be a win for the broadcasters, a win for the fans and a win for every single team involved in this tournament. I'll tell you who it's not a win for, and that's the lawyers, because Channel 7 have dropped the uh, legal proceedings against CA. That was part of the deal as well. That's, <laughs> that is spot on. Everyone wins except for the lawyers <laughs> in this. So <laughs> I think we'll, we're pretty happy with that, Bonds, I reckon. All right, let's have a look at the Strikers. They played last night uh, against the Hobart Hurricanes down in Hobart. Strikers made six for 177. Chris Lynn, the man we were talking about, 87 off 58 balls. Short, 38 off 26. Fondu Gronholm, the man with the mullet, 30 off 18. Chris Lynn now leads the competition with 260 runs. He's wearing the yellow cap. But the Hurricanes were too good. They got off to a fly. Jewel and McDermott, 50s each, and got the runs three wickets down, three for 178. Yeah, look, they were far too good, the Hurricanes. It looked a really good batting pitch when Matt Shaw and Chris Lynn were in early. It looked like uh, Matt Shaw might be the one who would go big, 38 off 26. But he got out pretty cheaply, um, a, a drive to cover. He was really disappointed with it. Lynn showed how good the pitch was, 87 he made. He's, he's in some really good form, which is great to see. It is unfortunate that we will lose him with three games to go in the tournament and potentially if we make the playoffs. Um, the Hurricanes have really been battling along. They were your pick to win it at the start of the year. Yes. They are in the same position as the Strikers right now. They're hovering around fourth on the table. They've won three games. The Strikers have as well. 
They play each other in a couple of days' time here back in Adelaide, the reverse fixture. Massive game because both teams are just stagnating at the moment. Time for revenge for the Strikers. So Thursday night at the Adelaide Oval, we take on the Hurricanes again. Both currently on the same points. So it's like a double points game really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a massive game. We have looked good here at the Adelaide Oval. We always do the Strikers, but... We've struggled a little bit away this year. Brisbane, we played poorly against. We're never really in the game. Hobart as well. We're, every game here, we've been in the game. and We've either won it or we just haven't got over the line. So I think we should be able to bounce back Thursday night. They do have a really potent batting lineup, the, the Hurricanes. When you've got Matt Wade, you've got McDermott, you've got Darcy Shaw, although not in the best form, there's plenty there. Tim David in the middle of aura. There's plenty there that if uh, our bowling lineup's not right, though, we will drop another game. So it is a massive game, a double points game, like you said, on Thursday night here in Adelaide. It certainly is. You can stream every NFL game live this season on NFL Game Pass. Visit nflgamepass.com. And we're here also for the seventh-seat Kia Sorento, the large SUV. After the break, we'll have a true and false. And later in the show, the great man Malcolm Blight will join, be joining us. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. Paul Blonza, Dan Menzel with you. You can be part of the show. Text in 0427 154 166 or give us a call. 1300 736 736. Men's, it's time for True or False, thanks to Cool. Toolkit Depot, everything you need to get the job done. Shop, in-store, online, Toolkit Depot. They are the place. All right, you can go first. True or false? Yes, true or false. The Strikers will end their losing streak on Thursday night at home. 100% true. They will bounce back. They've lost four in a row. Time to yeah, hit the winner's circle again. Okay. Dan, the Sydney test will go five days. I know true you think this is false, but I'm going to say true. Okay. I think South Africa will be better than what they've been. We are going to have a slightly different lineup, but I also think that the rain will play a part, will play a factor in there. And so I think it will take us five days to win the test. Might be early on day five, but I think the rain in Sydney is something that uh, having lived there, you can't always trust that it's going to stay away. So I'm going to say true. Okay. True or false, Bonds, the 36ers will win both home games this weekend against the Hawks and the Breakers. I don't know if this is true or false. <laughs> I want it to be true, Dan. I want it to be yes. true. I think they need to make a statement. They blew the game against Cairns. They led by 18 points the other night. We'll talk about that shortly. But they must win both of these games. So I'll go with true. This is a really – I've got a really good one for you. The catch on the boundary rule in world cricket needs to be changed back to the way it was 10 years ago. So the rule was changed 10 years ago. True or false? This is absolutely true. I love this one. Uh, this is a great question, a great talking point. If you don't know what we're talking about, it is Jordan Silk when he hit the ball and Michael Nisa was the one who caught it, juggled it over the line, stepped on the ground outside the boundary, jumped back up, threw it back up, and then back in board. Have a look at that highlight if you don't know. Someone said it. If you, if you can do this, you can literally run around the boundary line, outside the line, keep jumping in the air with the ball in your hands, making sure you throw it when you touch the ground again, and you'll it'll be out. I, I don't see how that's possible. You could do you could do it three hundred times, Correct. and it could still be out. So it's a ridiculous rule. What needs what's, to go back? It is. And what's interesting is in other sports like NFL, once you've gone outside of the field of play, you cannot come back in Correct. and for it to be a fair catch. So. 
That is true. It needs to change. Uh, Bonds, true or false? The Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles, they are the number one seeds in their conference. With one round remaining, they will win and sew up the all-important first-round bye in the NFL playoffs. That is true, and they'll meet in the Super Bowl. Well, that's a massive call. They play, Chiefs play the Raiders, Eagles play the Giants. I think they will beat them both. The Giants are going to rest a lot of players before playoffs. I think you're right there. One more from you. One more. Yep, one more from me. And true or false, Dan, will the Adelaide Strikers miss the BBL finals? I am going to stick with what we both said at the start of the year and say false. They will not. They will sneak into the four and... In the big bash, we all know you just got to sneak into the top four and you win a semi-final, you're in, you never know what can happen. So I'm going to say false, they'll make the finals. All right, we mentioned the 36ers there. That was true or false, thanks to Toolkit Depot. They've lost, they've, after winning four games in a row, they, they had a, a horrible loss in Cairns on New Year's Eve. They led by 18 points in the third quarter. They were outscored 32 to 19 in the last quarter. Um, did you see any of the game? It was just... Just a shocking loss. I did. I flicked between this and the strikers, and they followed similar fates and similar paths, unfortunately. Uh, to be so far in front, they they are a very good team now. And so it looked like they were going to continue on their winning ways, make it five in a row. A really disappointing loss against a good Cairns team that are hard to beat up there. Uh, outscored 32 to 19 in the last quarter. Disappointing. But I think they will bounce back this week. They play Illawarra on Friday night here in Adelaide. Uh I went to last week's game, the first time I've been to a 36ers game, thanks to your good sell bonds in You're a welcome. long time. Was it the biggest crowd they've had in It was the biggest ever? crowd at the Entertainment Centre for an Adelaide 36ers Incredible. game. Incredible. And the atmosphere there was unbelievable. They do it so well down there at the Adelaide 36ers. So if you haven't got along, get along. Friday night would be a great game. They come up against Illawarra, who has so many injuries. And how's this for a stat? They have not won a game away from home this year. They're two wins and 17 losses. Away from home, they are 0-9. They're struggling. I think we will, after a really bad loss, bounce back in a really good way this Friday night. And the competition's so close at the moment. Uh, we, we need a win, and New Zealand will be a good challenge. They're second on the table. Do you think we, we potentially beat them and, and leapfrog back into that top four? Well, the 36 is a seventh with a 10-9 win-loss record. Uh, New Zealand 11 and 6 win loss record. So it's really one win behind second spot. So really close competition. I think the Sixers uh, win both those games and jump back into the top six. Yeah, and I think the other one who's going to help him do that is Ian Clark, a nice import. Yes. The former like him. Golden State Warrior. Uh, watched his first game live. Love what he does with the ball, but his defense is elite. And he's going to really complement all of the starting five for the 36ers. I think he's going to be massive for us in the stretch here and give us a really good shot at jumping up and competing against your Sydney's and New Zealand's and obviously Cairns who beat us on the weekend as well. So some exciting times uh, ahead for the 36ers. Agree 100% and you can stream every NFL game live this season on NFL Game Pass. Visit nflgamepass.com. Stay with us because after uh, just this little little short interlude, uh, we're going to have Malcolm, Br Malcolm Blight coming uh, and chatting with us here on Sports Day SA. And, oh, no, we've, I thought we've got another. We've, I've just been yelled at down the line by Sammy. We've still got another minute, men's. Yes. I nearly, uh, nearly buggered that up completely. This is a good way to start 2023, isn't it? That's all right. We're, we're just back into the new year. But, uh, no, it'd be good to chat with Blighty. I'll be interested to see what he's doing, but also see what his thoughts are around the Crows and the Powers' chances in 2023. 
uh, is a very insightful man, Malcolm. So well, we're going to ask him about the Crows' chances, and we're going to ask him uh, about the Port chances as well. And don't forget, if you're on SENSA, you can. The Big Bash League is coming up right now, so stay tuned. And then we'll be speaking to the Messiah, Malcolm Blight. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Welcome back to Sports Day SA, and you can be part of the show. Text in on 0427 154 166. Paul Bonzer and Dan Menzel with you. And we are keeping these chairs warm, men's. For two legends. One is David Wildey, who we're going to speak to tomorrow night, but we've got the main man on the line, thanks to Tyre Power's big holiday sale, now 25% off on selected Kumo passenger and SUV tyres. It is the one, the only, Malcolm Blight. Blighty, uh, welcome to Sports ASA, your show. <laughs> no, Paul and Dan. Hi, guys. Happy New Year to you both. Uh, I've been listening. You, you, actually, you actually go okay. This, this summer sports day, SA, is actually quite uh, something to listen to. We'll take that, I reckon, Bonds. Uh, we're taking that every day of the week. How was your Christmas and New Year's? Uh, it was terrific, obviously, in Adelaide with uh, family and a lot of friends and a lot of good cheer, particularly, um, you know, uh, just a glass of water here or there. It, it, no, it was really nice. And obviously the weather was great. And, uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff happening in sport too. Actually, you guys have had a pretty good summer on the sport front. Yeah, we have, Malcolm. You're right. There's been plenty happening and we've got plenty to talk about uh, again this week. Now, for the listeners on cruise, Blotty, I just want to um, mention one little thing. You're a McGarry medalist, you're a Brownlow medalist, you're a Coleman medalist and you're a Ken Farmer medalist. Now, there's not many that can lay claim to that, is there? Probably none. <laughs> Apparently... <laughs> no, someone wrote a book one day and said there's only one person in that club and uh, you could have gone premiership player and premiership coach too, but I'm not going to be like that this year. I've made a thing with myself, particularly for the cruise listeners and obviously the SEN listeners too, that, um, that I, I just think what we should be talking about is all the, all the youngsters now plying their trade, just like you, Dan, to win that Farmer medal, playing for the great Woodville West Torrens Football Club. Uh, we should talk a lot about sport, which is which is going to be great. Now, I must say, I'm a music nut. I love listening to 60s, 70s and 80 music on cruise, but also like modern music. And I reckon music and sport. Are you two blokes like that? Music and sport uh, are my life, really. Oh, definitely for me. Um, I'm a bit of a muso, uh, part-time muso in my, in my other job. But, uh, no, I lo- look, I, I love music. I think it plays a big part of sport as well. You always see players warming up. To music and Dan, you would know this. You, there would be a soundtrack to your warm-ups. Yeah, it is. It's the entertainment factor for the crowd, but then it's also that motivational factor, and it puts you in a really good place. Whether it's motivating or whether it's relaxing, uh, I agree with you, Malcolm. That it is that combination uh, of both. It's so important. Um, now, what have you been up to over your break, over Christmas, over New Year's? What have uh, what have, what have you been doing? Yeah, um, probably just uh, pottering. Um We've got uh, my wife had a, a significant birthday, so our, our families came together uh, a few weeks ago now. And obviously, they live in different states, as a lot of people do now, as you know, with 
all your movements too, Dan. It, it is one of those worlds now. We all seem to move around a bit, but it was lovely that they could get to Adelaide and, and get Patsy's birthday under control. And then we had a great family, family day at um, my brother's nephew's, uh, Paul uh, Stevens, which was terrific uh, here on uh, on Christmas Day with, with all the family, which was great. That is great. And so let's get on to some of the sport, Malcolm. We want to find out what are your expectations? I know that the fans will be very interested now that the new year's around and uh, Adelaide and Port Adelaide are back into pre-season. What are your expectations for the Adelaide Crows Football Club in 2023? Yeah, and you're right. I mean, I think they're both okay. I think Port Adelaide are still in the window. A lot of people have written them off. I've actually, I actually, I didn't know you were going to ask me that, but I was actually doing some stuff for when I do come back and have a chat on the radio. Is that they play Brisbane at home in the first round, Collingwood away, then Adelaide, Sydney, and Western Bulldogs. I mean, they've got that's five okay games. I bet they don't start Norton five. I think Todd Marshall and Charlie Dixon are terrific. They'll be fine. Lysette will be back. Scott Lysette, the big fella. But this is what excites me about Port Adelaide still. You can have Jason Horn Francis, might play a bit of halfback, bit of midfield. Aratio Fantasia, can he get fit? Junior Rioli can be a star, and I was, oh, mate. So they can actually fix up that small forward around those two big guys and Lysett. I think Port Adelaide, their back line's still good. I think there's, I, I haven't written them off like a lot of other people have. I think they're still in the hunt. I agree. You make a great point there in summation of the guys that have been injured that can come back in. If they can reach their best, it will catapult that side up the ladder. How about the Crows? What's the expectations there? Yeah, I, I mean, they will climb. Um, Isaac Rankings a really good pick-up. I actually liked him as a kid, you know, from Henley High, all that sort of stuff. I watch it. He's got a... Oh, you would know, Dan. He's got that little trick with him. You know, he's got that speed. He does. They, the Gold Coast Suns eventually put him in the midfield. You don't need to play all midfield with kids. They get hurt and injured. Sam Walsh at Carlton is a perfect example. Terrific. Probably the best kid I've seen come into the competition in the last four years. He's now just had a major back injury. So just like Connor Rosie, you gradually introduce him in. So I hope they do that with Isaac Rankin. But what you've still got is you've got Rory coming back, Rory Sloan, the skipper, coming back from injury. He'll be all right. He's a pro. Dawson's a really good player. Keys and Laird will keep running it out. The trick will be Sam Berry in his third or fourth year, Schonberg, Saligo and Rochelle. They're going to be the keys. Those, those youngsters, those midfield half-forwards going forward, if one or two of those can make a big step, the midfield becomes a real, real jungle. Out of those youngsters that you mentioned, who excites you the most? Is it Saligo? Because I'm, I'm really impressed by this kid, Saligo. Yeah, I like another one called Phil Thorpe. And now I know he's not part of that midfield group, but I, I just think if you see his stuff, if you see his stuff on the ground as a six foot sevener, we know he can mark, we know he can kick. But I mean, I, I, there's something special about him. And I, I think talking summer sports now, that Cameron Green at six foot seven in the Australian Test team is a bit like that too, isn't he? You can just see something in him. Year three, I reckon he'll be okay. Saligo, Sam Berry, actually, I thought finished off really well. He's that bigger-bodied midfielder who's probably ready to go, and that's why you've got to be careful with the with the lesser body shapes in Rankin and and also Horn Francis. Yeah, correct. There, I agree with that with Phil Thorpe and obviously Darcy Fogarty up there as well. Will continue to ascend and become a 
a much better focus and player for the Crows. You mentioned the summer sports. Have you been tuning into much of the cricket, caught many of the strikers games? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I, I, well, Dan, I did play district cricket here, only for a short while, down at the beautiful Woodville Oval. Um, so I'm actually, I've been a Strikers fan from day one, uh, watching the Big Bash. Yeah, we, we had a great start. We've just wobbled a bit around, but I'm still hopeful. I'm still hopeful. It looks as though we've got a reasonable batting team. The bowlers, are, you know, I mean, you get wickets in that game because they make them like concrete, the pitches. But, yeah, no, I, I'm still hopeful. And uh, I know Rashid Khan won't stay around forever, but I'm just hopeful they can make enough runs. Well, you've got Travis Head and Alex Carey coming back into the side after this week, so hopefully that'll add some strength to the batting lineup and uh, they'll get back on that winning roll. I just wanted to ask you a little bit about your co-host, David Wildey. You've been with him for a few years now. Why do you think the relationship works so well with Wilds? <laughs> That's a really good question, Paul. Um, I, I just think... Well, we'll go back to where we started from. I actually played on David, and, and most people probably in the, in the sporting world know, but perhaps the cruise listeners don't. I actually played my last game of football at Prospect Oval. On I was playing full forward as a very old player, and I played on David Wildey. Surely it's the back. other way around, yeah. Malcolm. Surely he played on you, not the other <laughs> way around. <laughs> <laughs> probably did. Now, I, there was a great debate when we first got on air. He thought I'd kick four. I knew I'd kick six because I kicked... <laughs> sorry, Dan, to do this, but I did kick 126 goals that year. I knew that. Standing on one leg at full forward. Um, and I did kick six and hit the post three times. But David claims I did a bit of ruck work in the forward line and jumped over the great Mike Parsons, you know, the, for yes. all those North Adelaide people who remember. I jumped over him two or three times, grabbed the ball out the air and kicked him in midair. So David claims that I actually didn't kick six on him. So, I, I, mate, if I if I wasn't doing the ruck work, I probably would have got ten. <laughs> Look, we uh, you've got a couple of months before you back. So what we'll do is we'll get Sammy onto it, and uh, he can actually break down exactly what happened in that game, and we'll uh, be able to chat with Wilds about that tomorrow night as well when we've got him on. Uh, yeah, and look, one of the other things I just meant, I, one of the things that just interests me watching one of the great ones retire, and I think we're, in the sporting world, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sport nut, obviously a footy nut, but Joel Selwood has just captained Geelong to their premiership at the end of the year. In an interview on the Sunday after the game at, at Cadinia Park, as I knew it, and, and, and we all knew it in the football world, he just said. Someone asked him the question, uh, why do you think Geelong has been that good for that long? The most interesting answer came from him. He said, because we've had the best forward, the best forward line player in the game for the last 12 years or dozen years, I think he said. If you think about that, there are a million midfielders that win a lot of awards. There are a lot of great defenders that save them. But if you don't have some of the best forwards in the game, you can't win games of footy. And I'll still say this to the day I turn my toes up. If you can't kick 15 goals plus on grand final day, you won't win. Why coaches spend their whole life playing team defence and making blokes run up and down the ground 14 or 15 k's and never touching the ball and spend more time on what happens going forward and how you make that happen I will never, ever know. One of the best players, greatest players of the last 12, 15 years, Joel Selwood, said it clearly and succinctly after winning the Premiership this year.
It's a great call, Blighty. I, I mean, obviously being a forward as well, I, I love that call. But I think you're right. Joel Setter and Tom has played every single week. He's barely missed in that time. Correct. and. So you're able to build that foundation around him and you're able to put the players around him. And it does. It gives you a focal point in the forward line. You're right. Midfielders, there is plenty of them going around. So it's, uh, it's one that every single year, Richmond did it really well with Rewalt and Tom Lynch has come in and dominated for them as well. Uh, every single year, Hawthorne had Buddy and, and Roughhead. So they, they get it done. Gunston's probably another one that was undervalued in that. So I couldn't agree any more with you there, Malcolm. Malcolm, be Yeah, uh, Dan, I'm, and Go on. I don't, I don't mean to say this, and, and defence is essential, and I say it, but I'll keep on this bandwagon. I've got a funny feeling with a few of the New York coaches, like at Collingwood, da, 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 and also some of the other new coaches, they're starting to realise that actually, if you actually go forward and put pressure on the scoreboard, it's probably the greatest pressure in a game of football. You know, it's not tackling. You know, it's not doing 10, 28, 30 blokes in, a, in an area. It's actually the scoreboard that gets you in the end. Yeah, it is. And team defence has been such a good thing and such a focus for a number of years now that how do you beat it? You need to get your offence better. And I agree with you. I think McRae and a few other coaches are certainly going down that avenue and uh, we're going to see it again a lot more in 2023. We're chatting with the great Malcolm Blight on Sports Day, SA. Malcolm, um, what about the teams to beat in the AFL this year? Yeah, I, I just think, uh, yeah. I mean, how do you know? I mean, it's, it's a crystal ball. But I think that the older teams... And, and Dan could actually say this because, I mean, he's just really out of the competition and still playing very good football in the sample. So I think the more experienced teams now, more experienced teams, because the guys are full-time, they've looked after their body, they've looked after the, what they eat, and they've looked after the way they go about the whole thing, recovery and all that, I think that that, that experience you cannot buy. I can tell you now, the 18-year-old is a, is a very good young player but the 28-year-old that's been through 10 years of it will be a much better player in decision-making and or keeping the whole thing going. So I think those teams that have been up the top for the last four or five years are going to stay there. You're going to have to break a ceiling to get in there. And, you know, that's Melbourne, that's Geelong, that's Richmond. Add another couple and you know who they are. But I just think this next layer, you're going to have to get those older, really experienced people that under the heat of the day, and we're talking about not just grand final day here, you're talking about during the season as well. You've got to make really good decisions to win by a couple of goals sometimes because it's tight. And usually, usually those good, experienced, consistent players get it done for you. So on that, Malcolm, I'm very interested to hear your answer on this because I've spoke with a few people about this in recent times. How do you see a team like Sydney that was clearly inexperienced compared to Geelong in the grand final how do you see them bouncing back from such a heavy deficit in the grand final in the past? We've seen teams like the Bulldogs struggle a little bit this year. GWS got blown out in 18 and, and didn't bounce back so well. Port, obviously, a long time ago against Geelong in 07. How do you see the Swans bouncing back with such a young core and such a heavy defeat in the grand final? Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it's a really good question, Dan. I, I think the answer to that is they weren't ready. And everyone else says, well, hang on, they made the grand final. Yeah, but I know that. I've been there. Coach teams have done that. Weren't. You know deep down after the other team was so much better, so much more organised in lots of ways and, and mainly in games played. So I think what John Longmire will learn, and he's been a terrific coach for a long time, he will find the mystery tag that maybe a Mark Williams missed 
after the 2007 one. And and maybe Leon Cameron missed after their whacking um, the GWS missed. I reckon there's some learnings for that. If I was part of that now, and I know John Lamar reasonably well, I would go and actually talk to two or three of those coaches, and I'm sure they give him the time, to actually say, what, what do you reckon we did wrong right after those floggings in grand finals? What, what could we have done or what would you have done differently from what you've learned? That's what I'd be doing if I was John Longmire. It's a, it's a very interesting call, Bonds. I think it's a great call because the mental aspect of the game is still so underrated. And so the psyche of losing that grand final, uh, a young core, how you handle that as a player and then as a senior coach and what you do, it'd be very interesting to see what Choco and, and Leon Cameron in particular would say about that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it'd be a great, great way to do it if you are a horse longmire. Lighty, uh, a bit of golf before you come back uh, on Sports Day in March? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I attempt to play with uh, some of my old Woodville mates at the Grange Golf Course, where Liv's going to be now. Uh, obviously, the tournament with uh, the whole world turning up. So, yeah, and I play with some former teammates, and we play a couple of times a week, early, uh, Mondays and Friday mornings, and we we are rusty, rusty-ish, uh, but we try our have a bit of fun. So, I, I take it when I'm really serious when I finish the game and forget, I say, after about 38 seconds, I can forget it completely. <laughs> uh, and that's the, only way to, that's the only way to play golf now, I can assure you. But when you're out there, you have a bit of fun, and that's what we do it for, yeah. a bit of, bit of movement and a bit of fun. You mentioned Live Golf coming to Grange, your home club. Are you excited about that, having that unbelievable tournament coming to Grange? Yeah, look, I am. I, I'm not sure where the golfing world's at. I mean, you know, I, you know, we've all got our opinions on whether the Saudis is a great idea and taking all the money. But apparently, I, I didn't know, well, I do know this, but apparently Australia's been dealing with Saudis a, a, in trade for a lot of years. So to, to get on that political course, I'm not absolutely certain because I don't quite understand what we do or what we should do. I understand what they do, which doesn't please a lot of the world, and I get that right. You know, that, that's that's fact. But when, you, when you're actually hitting a golf ball, I'm not sure that actually means that you don't respect what they're not doing, if you know what I mean by that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. That It's a very interesting talking point for anyone who follows golf with uh, Live Golf and how that's impacted society. Uh, it's going to be great to have it here in Adelaide and uh, maybe you'll get some sort of ambassadorial role down at your uh, home golf course for the Live event. <laughs> I've played in a number of them, you know, particularly the, the women's opens here, you know, the, and I've played in a lot of pro-ams over the years. But what I realised a long time ago is that, you know, I picked up a footy eventually and didn't pick up a golf club. And if you didn't do it early, you won't do it late. You have a bit of fun with it. That's all I know. So you're saying there's no chance of a statue at Grange Golf Club for Malcolm Blight? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, there's actually... And see, I didn't bring up the statue. Oh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Malcolm, it's been fantastic chatting with you. We appreciate uh, you coming on and we look forward to you. We'll keep the seat warm for you, my friend, and and you'll be back here with David Wildey just before the kickoff of the AFL season. Uh, Guys, congratulations too. Sports Day SA Summer, it's going really well. Well done, both of you. Thanks, Malcolm. Thanks, Malcolm. The great Malcolm Blight uh, joining us there. You could just listen to Blighty for hours, couldn't so, you, man? So, so insightful is the word I would use. And uh, I didn't expect his research on the crows and the power to be as extensive um, 
just this time of year, January, what are we, January 3. Uh, but it just shows he's still got such an interest in the game. He knows it inside out. Um, he made some great points about the uh, young core of Port Adelaide and Adelaide as well in terms of where that's going to lead to them in this season and what's to look forward to for Port and Crows fans out there in 2023. Let's have a chat about the Test match. Starts tomorrow in Sydney. There is a bit of weather about, but firstly, two changes to the Aussie side forced by injury. Mitch Stark out with his finger injury and Cam Green out with his broken finger as well. Who do you think comes into the side, firstly, to replace Cam Green? Yeah, this is a really interesting one because Cam Green is your perfect all-rounder, can bat and can bowl. So do we go with a, a batsman and then be half a bowler down, I guess? Um, or do we go with a bowler? I could see Ashton Agar getting picked because it is the SCG. It's the best spin wicket in Australia in terms of the test matches that we play. I could see them playing too. Uh, Renshaw's the other option, but I'm thinking Ashton Agar might get the gig, weather permitting as well. Uh, it looks like a bit of rain. Do we need the two spinners? I think they might They might try it. So then Alex Carey bats six and Agar at seven? Yeah, I think so, because I think there will be an eye on the future as well here. And we're going to India. Uh, the Ashes will be on as well. I feel like in the subcontinent, you're going to want to have a couple of spinners feel like Ashton Agar might get, might get the call up. Uh, and then you'd obviously look to replace Mitchell Stark. Hazelwood's the obvious one, isn't he? Hey, well, Hazelwood was the incumbent. He was the player in the side. He got injured. Boland come in to replace uh, Hazelwood and has been outstanding, outstanding since coming back into the side, Scott Boland. So I don't, I don't think you can drop Boland. No. Uh, and I just think Hazelwood comes in for Stark. That means that young... Lance Morris misses out, the speedster. Yeah, it does. I think that it might be a touch premature, but also if you play Lance Morris, what's that sending to Josh Hazelwood if he's fit and ready to go? What message is that sending? Uh, you're flirting with danger a little bit there, I feel like, um, unless they really want to just bring him in. But why, why would you do it? We're still playing against a good side that just hasn't been able to make runs. So we still need to put a good team in to be able to win. And they're more than likely, although it hasn't taken us the five days to win the two test matches, you won't have five days with the uh, the rain that's forecast in Sydney. So you still need your best team in to be able to clean sweep this series. What about South Africa? Let's just have a little listen to their captain, Dean Elgar, and on what he thinks they need to do. Definitely. I think, um, yeah, I think talk is cheap at the moment and we need to go out and perform it. So, and I think actions is is where we are at the moment. Um, we, we really got to make amends for our positions that we have within the side. Um, yeah, very frustrating, just purely knowing that uh, what we've brought along from a squad point of view, those players are, are really talented and uh, yeah, unfortunately it hasn't gone our way this time, but uh, I still feel there's a lot to play for in this, in this third test, uh, playing for a lot of pride, playing for the potential position in the, in the final of the WTC. Uh, so yeah, still a lot to play for with regards to this game. Dean Elgar, that, yeah, that, he's just saying they have to perform. He, he, he is, and we mentioned this last week or the, the week before that they are, or they at least were, second in the World Test rankings, which is what he's talking about there. So although yes. they've had a really poor series, they do need to put their best foot forward because they can still make the, the Test Championship final. So they need to have a better showing to be able to put themselves into a chance to be able to hold on to that. Does it go three days, four days? Oh, I think it, no, I think it goes four because I do think the rain will have an impact on this test. 
And Australia win, obviously. Yes, Australia will win. <laughs> okay, before we go, we've only got about a minute left uh, here, men's. Uh, it's been a great start to the year. As um, New Year's resolutions. Have you got any for me? Yeah, I do. So we spoke with Malcolm Bly and he touched on the draw of the Port Adelaide and the Adelaide teams to start the year. So to poor Adelaide fans, um, I will not call on Ken Hinckley to be sacked early. Uh, they play Brisbane, Collingwood, Adelaide and Sydney. Collingwood and Sydney are away. They could easily be one and three, hopefully not zero and four, but got to be patient to get through the early start, early tough start for Port Adelaide. They do have a tough run. So yeah, New Year's resolution, Port fans, lay off your coach. For the Crows? Uh, yeah, for the Crows, it's a little bit similar for the Crows. They've got GWS away. You never know. It's a danger game. Then they've got Richmond, Port Adelaide will be tough, and Freo as well. So I think with that young core, be patient with them because as the year goes on, they'll get better and they'll start to win some games as well, which is what Blighty mentioned before. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you've enjoyed the show and especially to our new friends on Cruise 1323. Paul Bonzer and Dan Menzel with you. We'll see you tomorrow. to Sports Day. For Kia, the seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer.